what's going hello. on hello uh what's what a day you know and we have a very special guest oh boy today on oh boy. this episode of proof of concept we have Raul martinez welcome to proof of concept hey how's it going hello, hello ken and alex um good to see you again alex and nice to meet you too Sir. uh canon Salute. Um, Let's go. <clears throat> my name is Geo Martinez. I um, I'm Mexican American. Uh, sure. Just quick bio. Um, Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love the I love the hard intro. I love it. Dive right into <laughs> yeah. it. This man's yeah. been on um, many Zoom calls. He knows what to do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's already a, a memorized role now. I'm kind of I'm trying to you know spice it up a bit. Yes, but uh, I'm a I'm on my last year here at. The University of Virginia studying race and ethnicity with politics cool. um cool. and well post post pandemic UVA has been just very boring I'd say <laughs> but also nostalgic in the sense that like when you oh. vi- revisit certain like spaces such as a library or a specific lawn room you sure. get flashbacks from like your first year visiting yeah. a lawn room like my yeah. best friend hector terrazas is like he's in a he's in a lawn room yeah. and i enter yeah. his lawn room like wow i remember when i first you know entered a lawn room which i'm yeah. realizing now what a coincidence that it was hector quijano's lawn room uh, the first lawn room that i went inside so like two oh, hectares full circle yeah yes. <laughs> um really full circle so yeah, yeah i guess nostalgic but also um you know this this like weird feeling of being a fourth year is like hmm. it is weird everything is coming everything's coming to an end but but you're about to hit a different start um yeah man that was us like four, 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 four <laughs> months ago. It feels like man, it's yeah. crazy how much, how long ago that feels. But you know, I think mm-hmm. obviously in the back of my head, it's very recent in terms of, and it's easy again. You know, once that page is turned, it's very easy to forget how much you didn't know and how much was uncertain. So it's always you know, I think looking at both sides of that uncertainty is there's always gonna be a little bit of you know reflection about man, like I can't believe I don't know what's coming next, which was <laughs> very much the case. And then also you know when it happens, you're like. I can't believe I didn't know I'd be here right now. So that's the fun part, though. I'd yeah. say, you know, anytime you feel, Alex, how do you feel about that? You know, when you have that sense of in your stomach, you know, that uncertainty about what's going on, that has to be exciting, right? Because how many points in your life can you really say, like, I have no idea where I will be next? Yeah, and I think we we chat a lot about, like, life checkpoints, for lack of a better mm. term, on, on the podcast. And um, there's exciting, there's also, like, honestly some fear of just the unknown i think the unknown can be um scary sometimes and um but of course you know i think just go back to the point about the nostalgia that's in fact that's hit, oh, hit watch out sense of sentimentality <laughs> police over here no no my, my is, he, is, he, is that allowed alex is that okay for you can you feel nostalgic <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll uh, we'll get vulnerable and sentimental for just about five minutes here and All right, <laughs> set the timer that's fine <laughs> <laughs> no i'm kidding but 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 just because I think you have a neat perspective, you've seen, you know, pre-pandemic college life or UVA, you know, during and you know now. And I think um, it's just like we can't go back and we will never go back. And it's always been the case, but it's just more pronounced with the pandemic. Um, but but no. And, and again, um, I think appreciate your time taking time to chat with us now. Um, but, but But yeah, I guess just tell a little bit about. Um, how the year's been so far it kind of just started this school year and, and what you're thinking going going forward mm. well i guess a little bit um on a personal level between us um yeah. and you, like it's okay i can stream this but like i've entered in a more um i've entered in a more professional um um just like mitigation for my mental health whereas like yeah. in my first three years it was just like resources or articles that i would read online it was all just like passive mitigation and now i'm like i'm going to caps now so it's more mm-hmm. it's 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 more precise you know mm. more professional um yeah. so that's new and yeah. there's there's progress so that's great good. man and yeah. I, like I said earlier, like, 
in terms of my academic interests, they've shifted a lot in just mm-hmm. a matter of of a few weeks. Like, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting, like how it That's is that in my last year, yeah. I'm meeting a professor and taking a seminar yeah. where I'm getting this different perspective to what is my interest, which is like race and ethnicity, but with this demographic architectural lens okay and it's just like amplifying it more and it's giving me a you know a more a a, a more like broad and clear like um just like perspective on what i can do with what i'm learning yeah um well that's that's, really that's been very fun um and um school and family related like my yeah. family moved to utah like mm, oh, wow two years ago I think, like okay. a year ago before the pandemic where they moved from richmond virginia oh okay gotcha that, that's okay. a big so, move man. yeah so it's like i <laughs> miss I, yeah. I miss having my family so close oh, like you, man. max an hour away it was like where i'd feel sad or like yeah. I'd miss my mom's food. My mom would be like, "All right, I'll be there in a few days with some pozole, or like oh, with wow. some yeah. with some good food." And I was like, oh, "Sure." Yeah. And I was like, "Damn, now I gotta go back, like, for Thanksgiving, for for winter break, and for yeah. like, summer break." Yeah. No, I definitely took I definitely took that you know family sense of having family so close for granted as well. Now you know my family's from Northern Virginia. I was in Seville. It's very close. And uh, anytime, as you said, anytime I'm feeling down emotionally. And I'm very close to my family. I'm very lucky to have you know such a you know such such a reliable and supportive family to mm-hmm. be able to come home to. That you know I feel like that's something that we take for granted so often. When you know the ability to say, hey, like you know what, like I'm, I'm it's my it's my get out of jail free card. I'm gonna go home and just <laughs> ment- mentally yeah. reset because everyone knows you know Seville and UVA can be a bit much at times. Um, I do want to again before we go, I just want to you know give you flowers and just you know give you a shout out for at least you know being able to talk about you know. Your mental health progression again, you know, very sensitive topics. So we don't have to dive into it too much here, but I think it just that even goes a long way in terms of saying, hey, like you know, at first, you know, you know, I wasn't maybe you know, my, you know, there, it was a progression, right? Going from you know looking online secondary research to realizing you know it's along the way at some point, you know, maybe I need you know to get different type of help. And I think, you know, just, you know, if anyone, if one person out there hears that and they're going, you know, that is similar, you know, earlier phase in their progression, just hearing you say that, you know, you, you, you know, were able to still reach out to these other types of resources, I think it's really helpful. Um, so major shout out for that. Um, but Alex, I'll let you kind of, you know, steer the ship here in terms of, I have so much I want to ask my man here. So yeah. I don't, I don't want to start firing blanks out. So what do you got? <laughs> no, no, feel free. I'll just add yeah. one quick thing is, again, I think... I think it's very difficult to because in the US culturally it's a very mm. taboo topic. It's more mainstream now in terms of mental health, in terms of like getting professional help for that, but it's still fairly taboo. Um from mm. my understanding, other cultures, other countries, it's more open. Like it's like, oh everyone has a therapist, because that's just kind of like everyone has a dentist, you know? You yeah. get your teeth checked, go get your health checked, get get help. But um no, we respect you a lot. And I think I think personally in terms of like I remember UVA I did a lot of comparing. I think I said this in a lot of episode, but I just did a lot of comparing because there's people who are successful or popular, and it definitely comes a chance when you're like, you know, maybe if you don't, if obviously friends are helpful, but um, you know, it, it, it's tough to open up. So, so, so props for that. Um, but, but no, feel free to feel free to take the next question, Kenan. I mean, we have a lot of questions, but yeah. a lot of questions. I think. Again, from an academic standpoint, I think it's really cool. And maybe, it's, you know, to UVA's credit, I would say, you know, I think UVA does one of the best jobs. I don't know how many other experiences to go off of, but, you know, <laughs> I've always thought the strength of university was its ability to, you know, as you just said, you know, give you, you know, the different perspectives through which to, like, kind of, you know, take a new lens at, on your learning material. Um, so particularly, you know, I think the combination of, you know, visual studies and then, as you just said, you know, demographics and architecture and, you know, all these systems that you're really, you know, maybe adding, you know, a racial uh, perspective to towards that sounds really cool. I obviously, you know, hand up, you know, don't really know <laughs> what that, you know, what that entails. So I would love it, you know, if anything, you know, for my sake, you just kind of give us maybe an example of, you know, you know, maybe it's, you know, 
something you've learned in that in that, in that class this semester, something new and you know, a new twist on maybe you know a racial theory you've known for some time. Just how you've been able to apply you know your your racial uh, academic studies into into this architecture or demographic uh, yeah lens. That'd be great. Um. Well, like, um, yeah. I guess in a nutshell, yeah, <coughs> everything is inherently political. Sure. Uh, like, yeah. um, yep. uh, like of course planning is, and then like um, architectural changes to university mm-hmm. can be seen as a more of an enhancement to its, you know, aesthetics, but it is also um, inherently political. Um, tying in like race, class, prestige, the eliteness mm-hmm. of the university, um, and one one example that we could talk about is like the construction of New Cabell Hall in the early 1950s, which was um, the the building was built a few years after the GI Bill, okay, which you know like essentially increase the number of students admitted to higher education institutions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But of course, the, the uh, black population of Charlottesville has mm-hmm. been tied since the genesis of UBA. And it's like, just a bringing of, of, of the, yeah, right. the, the environment. Um, but the area, the area of, of course, like behind of of New Cabo now was also like uh, a very dense black uh, residential area. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, if you look at a aerial view of UVA and the lawn, mm. everything now looks like a, a cloister, and like in a cloister mm. is usually the the type of um, of it's like in an enclosed space, usually associated with like religious yeah. in, uh, institutions, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, it 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 emits this type of like um, exclusivity, um, and also like um, a very uh, okay. like religious, you know, superior, worthy right. to be praised area. And in UV and in UVA, yeah, the peak of the of the of the of the tourism. Mm-hmm. The peak of the elegance of UVA is in the lawn, you know, yes. yeah. including the, the the rotunda, the lawns, the lawn rooms, yeah. um, new Cabo Hall, yeah. And so, like, when you when you analyze the pre new Cabo Hall and yeah. post new Cabo Hall era, you get to see like this type of like oh shit. With this GI Bill, there's going to be more of a like, more of a mixed race mm-hmm. um, student body population, mm-hmm. and it looks almost as like a physical barrier, or just like something that's obstructing the mixture of Charlottesville, yeah, and UVA, wow. you know, climax of yeah, eliteness, which is wow. in the lawn. And yeah. it like it kind of contradicts it contradicts the the Thomas Jefferson's um, sure I, ideal you know um, type of a, an environment that he wanted to have was like after graduation, which you see is just like the mountains and the city. Yeah. But now after graduation, what you see is just a freaking building. Yeah, <laughs> you know it covers yeah. up the it covers yeah. up the mountains, the scenery. Yeah, kind of it kind of like contradicts Thomas Jefferson's idea yeah. but at the same time it it, it just um, it just backs up this type of um, yeah. exclusion that yeah. UVA has intended with um, with yeah. other like black and POC individuals and students yeah. overall and it's trying it's trying to mark its territory in other like wow. simple words and wow. um, so yeah that's that's just one of like one yeah. example, I guess, of how this how this class has taught me like a different perspective onto like racial politics, racial sure. this like racial dynamic of Charlottesville and uh, and UVA, which is like two big bodies, but at the same time it's like one body. 
you know, it's like one's the no, city, one's university, but it's, you know, it's all mixed. Yeah. And I know, and I'll be the first to say, of course, you know, UVA students don't do a good enough job of, you know, identifying it as, you know, a singular community because I've always said, you know, I've always pointed to, you know, students' own mentalities, which, of course, you know, has some effect on it, right? I mean, you're trying to, like, break this down, right? There are, of course, so many factors into, you know, what keeps UVA divided from Seville, whether it be, you know, inherent biases, the student population makeup demographically being what it is. Um, but it is so interesting, and I'm so happy we get to have a discussion from, you know, I, I'm learning so much just from an, you know, an informed perspective on architecturally and, you know, obviously, you know, it's, it's a systematic, you know, it's a, it was set up, as you said, it was designed this way. Um, but I think a lot of people think, you know, of architecture, they think of, you know, stylistic choices, you know, maybe symbolic choices. But, you know, there is, you know, a layer of realism behind the symbolism, as you just said, in terms of, you know, hearing you describe, you know, in architectural terms, you know, this is, again, this was designed as a closed community at first, even though, you know, there's some Jeffersonian ideals about sharing knowledge the architectural, you know, influences would go against that. And then moreover, you know, again, as you said, you know, as access is being opened to students of other ethnicities, all of a sudden the architecture is maybe, you know, going the other way in terms of, you know, putting stuff there. That you know, you said, I know you used to work in Newcomb Hall. Um, I know maybe I've heard stuff about Memgym just being, I don't know about architecture, but Memgym was funded, of course, by Alex. Maybe fact-check me here if you know anything better about this, but I believe Memgym was more or less funded by far right far like like 1915 like you know far right i wanted i'm gonna just say it you know i don't know about ethnic all neo-nazis but whatever the equivalent of 1915 white supremacist was right. i know there's like some influence back there so now you got me rethinking the whole you know the whole area in terms of you yeah. know new kamal Majim, alex what do you think of all this man because i think this is super relevant super cool to just you know yeah, dissect you know university but we all kind of take that bubble for granted um yeah. and how it was set up for us as, as college kids yeah so fascinating um i mean i just think that i wish that this was like communicated to every uva student because i think yeah. again like you're not going to change everyone's mind some people are still going to be like oh who cares some people are going to actually internalize it but i think it'd be helpful um and i think it just helps you view the community as as you know as as many things as nuance you know there are um, good spots it's a beautiful place UVA there are also some um, you know if you look at the history some 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 dark spots and they don't look good whether it's like you know how um, it was built from the beginning or how or research done at the university early on that was not quite so um you know well intentioned shall we say yeah. um but obviously he will be the expert here but yes i, I think he's sure. getting a great sure. <laughs> i think he's getting a great perspective and i just find it fascinating how like one class or one mm -hmm. person one professor can just like explain something in a way that gives nuance to a perspective that you've known for so many maybe years or months whatever and it just broaden your horizons and i think that's um that's just a huge takeaway and a good lesson just to know like okay you can have your ideas and beliefs but it's good to just admit that they can change and like you said you know changing your um focus or major no matter weeks or changing um direction but so so yeah yeah hey hey i got another question here um i'm gonna ask you a question before i'm gonna preface it with it my own again only i think one of the only relevant experiences i have to to your academic background. Um, so my question is going to be, you know, I'm assuming you've been, you know, doing visual studies for more or less, you know, the better part of your UVA academic career, um, which would coincide with the development and now, of course, the construction and opening of the monuments and slave laborers uh, down there facing the corner. Um, so my only personal connection to that monument isn't even to that monument. It was to uh, the precursor, which I, I'm, I don't know if you, if, if you study this at all in your classes, but I was in second year, I was in a history class called Nazi Germany. Um, the professor was really good, and she really made a point to not just, see again, you know, study, you know, the Nazis and, you know, the political, economic, you know, re reasons behind their, you know, rise and fall, which, again, right. people know I'm a big history, I'm a big history nerd. That was, you know, <laughs> definitely something where I just, you know, I was really fascinated in class from a historical perspective, but I think where I really took it home was when, you know, we ended the course by, this was, again, the year after. She had, again, 
someone say she had no choice to do this, I would say give her credit for changing the course so much relevant to modern events because this was a year after the events of August was it 11th and 12th of yeah, 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we have neo-Nazis marching down the street. We're in a class about Nazis. You don't talk about it. There's going to be maybe a little bit, you know, you're saying something by not saying anything, right? So to her credit, right. the whole last, you know, three weeks of the course were about applying, you know, lessons in history to the Charlottesville community and what we have just witnessed. So on the UVA's perspective, what the exercise she had us do actually, so background knowledge for our listeners, for UVA students, on UVA students, everyone, um, obviously UVA was more or less, you know, built with, you know, a considerable amount of slave labor, uh, slave labor, um, before this new monument to slave laborers opened up, I believe early, was it right before the pandemic or in the beginning of, of 2020? Um, 2020. 2020, right, okay. So before that was being constructed, the only relic that I knew of or that I was told of, um, they were like these small little, you know, testaments, in terms of like testaments of like, you know, maybe some enslaved people, um, you know, individually across grounds. But the only collective uh, testament was under the rotunda, there's like this little like brick that literally would just, like, it literally just said it was on the ground and people walked over it all the time, which is the point of this exercise the professor had us do, was essentially go to this, you know, go to this, I wouldn't call it like a shrine, it was like a brick, and yeah. stand, stay there and clean it. Your job is to clean it, um, so you would, she gave us, you know, cleaning supplies and you had to clean it for like, yeah, everyone had to sign up for like an hour time slot and just, you know, record and observe people's reactions to you like, cleaning this thing that no one knows is really there and them asking you why are you cleaning this so almost like you know it's a type of you know i don't know if it's an observational study or what the correct you know uh, academic word for it is but the whole point mm-hmm. was to see you know see not get, an, get you know not getting a reaction out of people but see how people re- respond when they say hey like and don't say anything that was the whole thing never say anything never initiate a conversation don't be like hey do you know you just stepped like, over come this? over here <laughs> no like you know don't try to like you know get people for like you know not realizing what's there because that's not their fault for not realizing that there's this you know almost hidden out of you know out of way uh testament and slave laborers it's the university's fault for pretty much begrudgingly saying okay i guess we have to acknowledge this let's put it on a plaque and put that plaque you know right right where everyone is walking so no one thinks to look down at it um mm, yeah so sorry for that long anecdote but i just thought it was you know, <laughs> again for me that was an eye-opening experience so of course for the third class never even knew that was there like no what one an honor else <laughs> yeah exactly what an honor to at least you know be you know but i think i learned a lot just in terms of you know having to clean something for for a couple <clears throat> hours and say hey like you know this is here and watch people's reactions but from your perspective you know how do you I guess if you have any reactions to that story, I would love to hear them. But also in terms of you know this new monument, how it was you know developed and constructed? Did you learn anything about you know the university's motives behind behind that one? Um, yeah, I didn't learn um, anything in particular to the motives. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, one can just speculate about like what are the intentions of UVA with that mm-hmm. uh, memorial. Um. And what I what I've mentioned before is like is is UVA trying to redeem itself or and or memorialize honor hmm. or, or or both right like mm-hmm. redeeming itself from a long history uh, of, of of racial violence mm-hmm. or is it trying to commemorate those that built it but at the same time. I feel like it's it's not a sufficient memorialization because, first of all, there's not a single name that is being honored, right? Like mm-hmm. if you look at the memorial, there's no names. It's just like titles, babysitter or butcher. Um, redeeming itself maybe because it's like, it's trying, it, it's now wanting to make it super clear and visible the 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 entanglement of of uva and and its black population yeah and i'd say like even like and uh not just its local population but if it's admitting international students and out-of-state students of course it's it's uh trans-regional um um but i i mean i would say that it, it is like uva has has been intentional and and not wanting not wanting to make this a big deal you know it's 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 history uh-huh. with with its and enslaved laborers slaves um 
it, it has like they don't want to make it a big deal because like it, it took all these years up until mm-hmm. 2020 to finally make a, 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 a public announcement in the sense mm-hmm. of like here's our memorial here's our mission behind it you know um but it took all of these years and before 2020 it had very um just bare you know doing not even the bare minimum of like erecting visible like clear signs of you are walking in this and a cemetery in a cemetery of you know historically yep. black people yeah. with whether that is like with and gooch dealer beside now yep. hall yeah um you know there one is like this lack of visibility of mm-hmm. of, of memorialization mm-hmm. um and then in the other one it's also like um more subtle with with it, it's it's financial reparation i'd say sure you can look at the the infrastructure of the building of o triple a okay Which one it's is that? like um it's the it's it's right beside new cable new cable hall behind okay. brian hall okay okay and so it's like if, right if, JPA there. Okay. Mm-hmm. if you look if you look at the like conditions of the building it is i'd say very out of date like you enter yeah. the floors are creaking the doors oh, yes. like mm-hmm. the door creaks small building yeah and then number two is also the 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 planner's choice of of erecting Brian Hall after mm-hmm. O AAA like they erected a building in front of mm-hmm. O AAA kind of like boxing it in in front of Mari Hall behind yeah. Brian beside New Cabo and then there's like right. big trees in front of the building so it, there's also like this just like I guess also like intentional like yeah um type of like obfuscation of the building yeah mm-hmm. where it's like this this uh concentration of the black population of uva yeah um so i i'd say again just in a nutshell that like what i can take away from the intentions behind uva is that yeah. it, it it just doesn't want to make it a big thing of owning up to its 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 long history of, of racial violence whether that is you know like um financially supporting um mm-hmm. this type of memorialization this type of like giving it's it's giving the dignity to you know it's it's black population right yeah four or five acres uh, you know i'm not a i'm not a surveyor but i would say that's a healthy <laughs> plot of land right there yeah. um you know i think there's like these big pillars on the front facade like there's a very you know you can kind of tell like you know do you know the name of the private school i do not if we had google earth no. Uh, maps up here. I love Google Earth, by the way. Shout out to fifth <laughs> yeah. grade Google Earth days. Just being in the computer lab. Flight to, simulator. To... <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Where you crashing, Alex? What, no. What's happening there? <laughs> we yeah, had an emer- right. emergency landing. Middle Pacific. Everyone get out. <laughs> get in the lifeboat. I don't know that's why crazy. I'm doing this. You ever want to go back a sidebar here in terms of those side, those uh, those airplane slides? Those look kind of yeah. fun. Right? Like, yeah. am I not the only one as a kid? I was like, yo, it, honestly, like, we took a crash crash landing in the Pacific. I might have to go down the slip and slide real quick. Yeah. I, it's I'm all funny grab, games, so you're I'm slipping gonna, and I'm drowning. Gonna, drowning. And, <laughs> and the shocks, bro. The shocks. <laughs> <laughs> no. Is that kind of a top five way to die? That's terrible, right? You survive nah, a plane man. crash, you go off the slide, <laughs> and the sharks are waiting for you. <laughs> no, shout out to the sharks. Sharks are actually a great part of the ecosystem. Um, They're very important. But, it's but a shock no. week. <laughs> but of course, uh, not, not to get too off topic. Get me here. back on. Tw- get me back on road, Alex. Get me back on road here. Southwood <laughs> private school, big ass school, big ass building, yeah. covering up pretty much the campus. And then you know we have no choice but to go past it. And now it's almost like you know the effect of that, right? Is now you're going to Southwood, and and I'll say maybe implicitly or explicitly, you're kind of thinking like you're comparing it to what you just saw, right? Architecturally, visually, or like it kind of like accentuates the difference. And it's almost like they knew what they were doing. You know, you could have done. You could have picked any other piece of land, or like you could have like left more room for this community to grow. Like you've kind of like they're already kind of you know boxing as is. You have to pick your big ass private school with your five <laughs> lacrosse fields and you know yeah. your big ass football field. Like you have to put this right here. You know. But yeah, um, but yeah, I think uh, I'm really excited to see where you, uh, where you kind of go with your academic career, 
um, as well as like professional career. Um, I think there's a lot of options for you in terms of like race, architecture. Um, but, but so we will be following along um, definitely on, on 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 that front at least. And oh my gosh, we have so many different questions. Um, can anything else on the architecture thing before? Yeah, I mean, yes. well, yeah. Well, I guess a quick notice about. Well, you can speak to this too because we. I think we both have this sure. experience here. Yeah. Sure, and and I guess I forgot to. I guess <laughs> I don't want to take a jab at you, but Halo is not a big like. You, you you work out right, like, but you're not like. This is our podcast, by the way. Just you know, yeah. take a little. Take a little couple couple punches <laughs> to the face here. Come on. Man. I have I have started working out though. Let's go. So yes, good. I can yes, I can I can be honest with you that yes I do work out as of like three weeks ago. It's my it's guy. Yeah, it's all that. <laughs> but but my point was um I I'm so kind of kicking myself that I didn't hmm. introduce the prolific run crew to you, which is a group based in Charlottesville, and they run Monday, Wednesday, Friday, six a.m from the Jefferson School, which is like closer to downtown. You may know where that is. Yeah. Um, so they run and there's a lot of part what of they run, Alex? They run in predominantly, you know, BIPOC or, or black neighborhoods and they're, they're poor neighborhoods in Seville. Yeah. Um, and we have, we've had conversations with um, some of the individuals kind of leading at and just will just involve with the, the run crew on, um, you know, how they view UVA students um, but also like how it feels to have this group come out and it's like a very diverse group of people. There are professionals, um, you know, teachers, professors, some students um, that, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful to see that come together, but how can we take that group of people, that energy and spread it throughout Charlottesville so it's not so, okay, here's UVA and yeah. then here's Charlottesville, you know, very separate, you know? So essentially your question is like how can we like just spread around that energy across the whole Charlottesville area? Yeah. Um but of course like I can answer that question. Yeah. That's like a, that's a very tough question. That's a community so that's a community response, right? But <laughs> yeah. maybe hey you can speak to this, you know, in terms of, you know just the makeup of Charlottesville, you know, just maybe just getting back onto like how and I'm sure you've studied redlining and you know you understand, you know, kind of, you know, the dynamics that went into this designing, you know, Charles community wasn't again accidental. Um, so what are some ways or different solutions you've seen maybe proposed or different things that you think, you know, from any part of your inner studies mm -hmm. or per personal life that you think what works in terms of our hard policy changes or just like on a personal level, you know, things that we, we can do as, you know, people who wanna engage with the community, well how what are ways that we can really, you know, try to break barriers that have been, you know, more or less infrastructurally you know, just designed and in place. Um, I think um, I'm I'm not the best um, no. answer to this. Sure. I'm not a consultant, <laughs> nor am I. <laughs> Dude, I'm that'd be a funny story. That's a funny visual for me. Is seeing like you know a BCG like sorry, I'm, we're from a business school, so it's like seeing like a BCG big business consulting guy. So hey, solve redlining for me. So it's okay, we're gonna break it down here. We have a couple buckets, you know. We have, we have, we have you know, three buckets. We have three buckets. You <laughs> cannot, you cannot give me like what the uh, Porter Spy Forces on red yeah. lighting. I'm gonna laugh yeah. you out of the room. So, let me break it Sorry. down for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the funniest. I'm sure you see these McIntyre com kids out here. Try to ask them that question hey, next time you see them. Let us see. I want to see how they melt under pressure. I will. I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, I I think it. I think it's like two things. Like one is like, um creating this um reliable mm -hmm. i guess like source of information mm -hmm. and having people like dissipate that information across all of the communities so it's like you you would want to have to like have a nice uh reliable source of information accessible source of information disclosing the the small letters you know the, the fine letters of like all of these contracts or whatever of housing and everything mm. about like the the demographics on how the redlining works on okay. on how zoning works for schools yeah. and then on the other hand having this community support of mm. people that you can get together to vote on certain things mm. to 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 start some type of um protests 
mm-hmm. or walkouts. I feel like those are one of the ways that like this creates public awareness, you know, of, yeah. of what of what happens at a local level. And like I mean, and and on top of that, like once you have that, just demand the city, demand the city government to fund more your schools. Yeah, creating these like creating programs within the schools that help students, you know, and enhance their 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 vision into higher education. Like, yeah. I can speak from my experience in Richmond. Yeah. Um, the red our the the way our zoning worked was that I was I lived two miles away from this certain zoning line that qualified me to go to a a better school. Okay. But I I ended up going to Richmond Public Schools. Um, I went to Huguenot High School, which essentially is like 40% black, 40% Latino, Latinx, mm-hmm. and the rest is other. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but there was like the only program that was there was like robotics. But there was no, mm-hmm. I mean, FBLA also, but it was very small, not that much attention. But yeah. it needed like, it needed more funds, it needed more programs. Um, we were on the verge of not being accredited because of the high number of dropout rates in mm, our school. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I, I don't know. I don't. I really don't know how yeah. the public education um, history has been with Strasville, like contemporarily. Yeah. yeah. But definitely, like working with your school communities, like, I feel like, yeah. like that is where your next generation of policymakers are at. Yeah. Like, and and even obviously like in your next uh university students are going to be in so that's i feel like high school is just a huge point where one can start yeah i hear you um i think that all sounds great it makes a lot of sense something i'm more or less you know reflecting on as you say as you kind of give us your take on it is you know i think about uva students again and you know kids you know batten students and people who you know again are going to be you know our future policymakers, you could say theoretically and you know i wonder out loud almost you know why doesn't i'm gonna batten seems are great you know i have a lot of friends who went to batten and you know they're very you know empathetic and they're very you know aware of as you said you know issues that you know are more or less been perpetuated by policymakers of the past so they know you know they know what the problems are they study it and you know they have theoretical solutions to things but you know my i guess question is not I'm not, again, it's not to be, you know, means any particular set of students, but, you know, it's more like, <laughs> why doesn't Batten have, or doesn't, I mean, I'm just not, you know, I'm not, I'm not landing on this point, but, you know, you would hope that, you know, these public policy schools would have more or less an imperative to design the curriculum, you know, around community-centric, just community-centricity, because, you know, something that we hear a bunch of that, you know, especially, again, from, you know, white student dominated school like UVA, right, it's one thing to, to say, you know, you're, you know, if you're a white student, right, it's one thing to say like you know, you know, you know, you know about redlining. It's one thing to say you know you've you study all the points historically and you know from any certain you know any any certain you know academic angle. But it's another thing entirely to go out there and see it and experience it, right? So it's almost like you know, do you would you agree that you know for people who want to go into policy making at any given point, I'll put it up to both of you guys. You know how like you agree that there's like a deficit in terms of being able to really you know. I don't know if this is even, again, another kind of created term here. It's like empathetic, <laughs> poli- like, you know, it's like em- em- empathetic, you know, policymaking. But, you know, yeah. I don't think many people in Congress have empathy at this at this point in time. But <laughs> is there something that's missing to that academic experience if you don't balance it with, you know, this real life dose of, hey, like, this is what redlining looks like. And not, not just more or less, not just like go out there and like write down in your journal, like, oh, redlining subject one, subject two, like, because that's obviously, yeah. you know, not great either. But just to go out there and, you know, genuinely live in the community, which is, talking about prolific why we love prolific so much right it wasn't like hey like you know come and look at you know come and study the red line it's you no know, come and you know come here to run but also you know come here to you know through a consistent exposure understand you know what this community is going through and try to build empathy in a different way sorry a little tangent there but no, i don't know if you, if you guys think that's like you know an appropriate application of what we've been discussing yeah, I mean, I'll go real quick. I think yeah. I think building empathy is important. It's also very difficult, um, especially when it's hard to have empathy with someone when you can. It's hard to understand how they grew up to be where they yeah. are at the moment. And of course, like no one chooses what family they're born into or their circumstances or anything like that. What school they go to, you know, there's some of that in college, but high school from that you don't really pick as much, but. You know, again, I think empathy makes it easier to 
connect with someone and kind of like collaborate and, and solve problems but it's very hard to 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 actually create that in practice um but interested in in, in how starts uh, here i mean um yeah i i retweet what you say about like you have to experience it mm-hmm. and it's not just the the um just reading it's not just all of the the the, the hearing of people's stories yeah I think it's I think it's about being like corporately present and in these type of spaces yeah. um, so that you can truly experience this type of uh, the polit like just the politics of memory I say because like okay. there's this there's this uh, like legacy of 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 Charlesville right yeah. and people of my age right now may not be aware of the specific instances of gentrification yeah. right mm-hmm. and now and now they just go walk around downtown mall yeah. and they're looking at these restaurants and yeah but mm-hmm. they don't know what happened in the 1950s 1960s 1970s they didn't have yeah. no clue they and live so in the standard right they live in the standard but they don't know you know exactly. about vinegar hill yeah. that was raised to the to rubble you know 40 years ago and to like give them the standard now that's just, that's always the example that blows my mind right is that like oh, yeah, all this luxury right. student housing just got put there and it's it's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And one of one one way is to like, I guess, having having this database, mm-hmm. you know, and most nowadays, obviously, everything is accessible through your phone. Sure, and so, yeah. if there was, if there'd be this type of, um, I don't know, it's just just this database period of like, yeah. oh, this is where you're at. So this is how we looked like decades ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and. And um, I think I got carried away, and I kind of lost focus of, of yeah. the question. <laughs> but like, um, yes, like trying to get back to what you were saying about like, there's this lack of um, centering this centering curriculums around community building. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that is very true, very valid. Yeah. Um, nowadays, all is theory and and just reading, and and there there needs to be more of a hands-on approach. You know, like. Yeah. What what are the what are what are the the what are the people in Southwood saying right now about Charlottesville mm-hmm. government? You know what what are they what are they complaining? What do they demand? Yeah. Um, what about the black population around around the UVA community? There's yeah. there's neighbors complaining about the student life just being very disastrous and like just problematic. Um, there's there's a there's a current um, gentrification process going on right now. Have you heard of the dairy market? Oh wow! Yes, yeah, that's yeah. up there. Yeah, that's up there. <clears throat> that's up on Preston Avenue. So we know Preston. up there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Grady, so Grady Avenue is... has a has a you know a very historic black community around mm-hmm. uh, Grady up and then mm-hmm. Preston. I think uh, what's it uh, in terms of uh, help me out uh, geographically? What else is in there? Is the fifth is that fifth street yeah, on there? Alex, fifth, where we run it? Tenth Street, yeah, Page Street. Yeah, yeah. Page. Page, turn yeah. the page. Mm-hmm. Shout out to again. You got to turn the page, and that's where we cross the corner and yell that out. But okay, and, so what's the study like? Yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah. like um with the building of the dairy market. Yeah. Um first of all, like there's this one restaurant that I worked as a server there um over the summer. Okay. Um nice. it's a hi- it's a high end restaurant where your steak is forty eight dollars. Um your wine, your glass of wine is about sixteen and your bottles can be up to one twenty. Is that um, dairy market? <clears throat> yeah, dairy market's called South Ooh. and Central. This Latin okay. grill. Is that new? Because I know they got the cocktail bar and those those shirts are like fifteen and cocktails. Like I'm paying yeah. now I'm in New York, right? I'm not like I'm paying New York money. I realized I'm pay- I was paying New York money for a seagull <laughs> cocktail. It was good, but no way it was that good. So yeah, this inflated prices. It's, like, it's, it's crazy. It's sitting right right in right in the middle, right, of yeah. like this black neighborhood. Yeah. And as of a few months ago, there's this apartment complex being built behind the dairy market. Yeah, makes and sense. it's one domino and it's, yeah. it's like several feet high yeah oh it's tall wow and, and it kind of looks like this again the same type of like symbolic ownership that new cabal hall yes. that the addition of new cabal hall added to the overall uva community this yeah. apartment complex is kind of like blocking the view of mm-hmm. the black neighborhood um from the dairy market one and two is like obviously the rent around the apartment complex yeah. is going to be high yeah and the type of homes you see behind that apartment complex is like 
like your low income makeup, right? It's nothing mm. extravagant or beautiful. Yeah. I mean, they are beautiful, you know. Yeah. But it's not like these modern sure. and you know break. It's affordable housing. Mm. Yeah. Um. So now you're you're contemplating the displacement of of certain families. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but I mean, at the same time, it's like UVA is fueling this, you know. No, it's man. It's like, I, I didn't. I even thought about that. You know, as a, and you know, I was. I, I know. I like thinking. You know, I was being aware of these. You know, redlining the past couple of years. I've been more aware of it. And <laughs> I've been to the area market about four or five times. Alex, we found a couple. Yeah, hand up. Trips out there. Um, yeah, yeah we haven't made that connection, right? We got it. It's uh, right in front of you. Hand up. I've gone on some dates there. I, I, I we've had some nice little boys' nights. Grab a beer. Um, but again, I think, again, questioning what you know and adding mm-hmm. the nuance. Like, yes, it's it's a great spot. Um, yeah. you know, I've enjoyed time there. Kenan has. Many people have. Again, there there are consequences for you know how it's planned, how it's built out, as yeah. you just mentioned, So, yeah. uh, but but I, yeah, I never thought about it that way, but it's refreshing, and like has broadened my perspective for sure. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I wanted to bring in one last kind of piece of this puzzle that we've been Again, this is a great discussion. I'm so happy. It's such a <laughs> coincidence that you have this background. We can kind of you know dig into this um, <coughs> something. So. I don't know, Alex, I do. So I moved up here uh, to New York City. I'm on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, which is right below uh, East Harlem. So East Harlem starts around like 106th Street and above. And so we talked a little bit about Prolific, really great crew in Seville, which again, you know, trying to, so now that I moved to New York, you know, trying to more or less, not replicate, but, you know, find a comparable running crew in terms of not just, hey, like, let me get a group to run with, but let me, again, you know, start a long-term relationship to find, you know, a group that can help me build community with. Um, and obviously, I do feel there's a little more of an authentic community up there in East Harlem than Upper East Side is great, but, you know, <laughs> a lot of people are new to New York, a lot of people are just kind of, you know, moving about, and they won't really be here in a year or two. East Harlem residents, of course, have, you know, generally been there a little bit longer. Um, so something I was thinking to myself, because, you know, I'm running up from here to East Harlem three times, four times a week, you know, brought me to this article about, you know, the correlation, not a correlation, but more or less, you know, the intersection of redlining and running, you know, so taking, you know, and we do talk about running a lot in this podcast, so <laughs> trying to keep along this theme of, you know, of dissecting, you know, the impact and the more or less, you know, how we don't need, as I just said, right, we, running is a very positive activity that, you know, we all love doing you know, on a short-term basis, but there are longer-term, not consequences in this case, but longer-term, you know, forces at play in terms of, you know, so, you know, if we do this quote, I'd love to see your reaction to it, uh, and Alex, you know, I know maybe we've talked about this a little bit, but this mm-hmm. is from, and I want to quote our sources here, from nice. Women's Running, from Women's Running uh, Magazine. Um, this is from... Shout out, Women's Running. Um, Alison Marilia Desir. She is part of the Harlem Running Crew, an athlete, activist, builder, and mother. Um, her, she has a book coming out called Unbearable Whiteness of Running. Um, so some the title that already catches my eye. Pick that up um, on uh, <laughs> local bookstores only. For Don't sure. buy from Amazon. <laughs> for sure. So again, so kind of, and you might, you know, I can tell me how you're a little bit of a, maybe you have some data, you know, geographic uh, interest here as well. So you might go into this. Basically what uh, Allison did in for her book is she selected a few major running cities, including Brooklyn and Harlem and New York City, and she overlaid it with Strava map data. With the had, so she overlaid the Strava map data with redlining maps. Strava is, of course, mm-hmm. very pop, one of the most popular running apps out there. And she mm-hmm. found there was a direct correlation between areas of loss of activity and areas that were once graded as, uh, once highly graded or had, you know, were graded for redlining reasons as usually, you know, traditionally white communities. So um. the quote she gave to kind of explain this is, you know, I suppose one could think that white people just somehow managed to find the most beautiful places to live and black people simply chose the less desirable areas. But that would mean, you know, absolutely nothing about history. So, you know, how I'm internalizing this is that, again, you know, is it's not a coincidence that, you know, obviously, you know, what for white runners like myself, you think, you know, and you see the data is behind it, right? It's just really cool to see, I don't know if it's a data nerd, to see data back this up that, you know, runners, I think I maybe don't have the demographic data in front of us in terms of runners being predominantly white. I think that's maybe a little too bit of simplification, but mm-hmm. just for the correlation of, you know, runners being more safe and more comfortable running in predominantly white areas, it ties back to what we were saying earlier about, you know, there is this, again, this hidden tension that, you know, exists between, hey, like, you know, why why does a white runner feel uncomfortable running in a non-white area? Is there something that they don't want to admit about themselves? They don't want to admit about, you know, again, we don't, we don't have to talk about implicit bias too much in this discussion, but, you know, is there, some people would say, oh, it's, they don't feel safe. And again, maybe, you know, female runners have a different layer to it, which, you know, right now we'll try to, you know, isolate one variable at a time here, mm. but... For me, that was something really interesting. I'm like, again, as I'm running through Harlem, it's okay. Like, is this something that I feel uncomfortable doing? And is that if there, if there is that implicit instinct of, oh, like, should I be running here? 
first of all, I'm gonna fuck that. I'm gonna keep running because you know, again, this is, <laughs> I, I, it's a commitment I'm making to try to again experience and you know be a part of this community, which I have to not just I'm not just a part of this community. I have to earn that trust and I have to you know get in you know invite into this into this community space. But mm-hmm. I've been trying at least internally you know push back, not just push back, but you know go deep into like okay, why why is this a feeling that you know it could be out there? And the data backs it up in terms of you know why people you know in New York are gonna say hey like you know I'm just gonna go in Upper East take the Central Park I do this every day I right? go to the Central Park Reservoir very safe area and you're safe a lot of times and yeah. maybe that's you know maybe that's a, a I don't know the official term for this maybe that's you know a disguised word for other connotations um, yeah. but not, not to get on a tangent here but just, sorry it's just something that's been relevant in my mind at least <laughs> in terms of running and you know maybe the hidden implications behind where we run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I would just say I would be curious to. I, I definitely want to pick up that book and just become yeah. more aware um, of because it makes sense. Um, just like wealthier neighborhoods being like quote unquote safer, yeah. And you know, just the crossover there with running, because um, because running can unite people, it can also divide people. Um, it's just a fact of it, like many mm-hmm. things. So, and I guess one another point about. Like we're talking about Charlottesville a lot now, New York, but Charlottesville, yeah. New York, you know, yeah. Charlottesville is 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 going through issues that many cities are going through at the moment. It's not just like isolated to Charlottesville. So, mm. um, you know, there are discussions being had, there, there are initiatives being worked on that um, people can relate to across the country. I think, I mean, doesn't cross country, maybe across the world, but um, and it's not an easy fix, I guess, is what I'm saying. But again, yeah, Charlottesville can you can see likenesses and similarities with other cities across the nation yeah i mean uh, i think it's just very interesting to see how how running can can yeah. unite and divide like like alex said it's it's, it's promoting it's promoting health um yes. but at the same time you're centering health around whiteness when it mm. should it should be decentralized and like applied to all spaces but I, at the same time it's just like a reiteration of like your your wealthier spaces will usually be white. Yep. Mm-hmm. Your healthier environments will usually be white, which is weird because, like, the United States has the highest rate of obesity. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good point. Oh, no. yeah. I mean, world champs, baby. World champs, number, number one. Yes, one. number one on yes, everything. He but, was um, number one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, and then, like, the head of, of UVA, Jim Ryan, promoting running with his Instagram He was just at the Boston Marathon. You're right. He was yeah, out. Saw that. He was out there with the, the nurses. For the shout nurses, out, man. Shout out Catherine Denton. Catherine is definitely not listening to this. If she is, she's a real one. Um, but she was she was number seven. I read the names. Number seven? She was number seven. No, no. On, on Jim Ryan's, on the nurses, there was oh, a nurse. Oh, I thought she seventh of Boston. Damn. Oh, no. I mean... Catherine's uh she she's works at Purevello or interns yeah. or whatever. So what do you um, think? He picked his thirty two top nurses? I don't know how the nurses It's kinda weird, man. <laughs> I don't how know, do you make that? Is that is that a Dean's list? Is that Jimmy's list? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that is that who knows Jim the best or like has connections? Naughty naughty or nice nurses list? Come on. Sorry, no disrespect. No disrespect to nurses. <laughs> Whatever it was, um, working overtime right now. Shout out Catherine. She's definitely yeah. not listening. She's not a real one, I guess. But anyways, um, that's a great point. Out, man. He's calling it as a season. That's, <laughs> I didn't even think about that again. That's crazy. That's yeah, a quick jab. Um, yeah. But it's all fun and games. I ran with um, Jim. I think not. I have that shirt, actually. <laughs> but it's a great point, though. Again, with, with Boston yeah. and, and running yeah. and his, his run with Jim Ryan um, series he's got going on. Of course, there are positives. I see the positives. Um, there may be some negatives. Or just like... He thinks he's doing a lot of good, maybe not recognizing um, yeah. how he could be doing it good otherwise, more more uh, more productively. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out Jim Ryan as, as well. we're as we're rounding out here. I there's so many things we didn't get to. I know. I'm sorry. We but, just you're but, such a cool background man. Like we just gotta like that's the background. Listen, you're just crazy. such part a cool two. guy. You're just yes, part two. Yes, sir. You're such a cool guy that um, <laughs> we <laughs> we I'm we had, fan. Oh we're just a huge fan. Oh we. God. <laughs> can i get out of here um we had questions come from your answers to our initial questions so um first off again appreciate appreciate you so much and just you sharing so openly and and just big love yes <laughs> big love hey yeah. but d- drop the heart emoji in the chat um i guess <laughs> i guess uh, any closing thoughts or just like um 
I mean, we wanted to talk about music. We we can't this time, but we will next time for sure. Um, sure. Any like, what's your song of the week or like something you've been listening to on repeat yes. um, this week? If you do have one, um, shout out to my sister Belen. Um, yes. she hey. she creates these playlists. Um, and she like adds to it and like takes out some like old songs, adds new ones. Now that's and, respect. Uh, Sorry, I just really <clears throat> respect people not just add. It's easy to add to a Spotify playlist. <laughs> It is not easy. I know from experience. It is not easy to you know to keep it at a, a, a you know preset length or like there's like a window. Yeah. Okay, this this is gonna have like twenty to thirty songs, and I'm gonna mm. every once in a while I'm gonna take out the trash, man. Slash the trash. Yeah. You could do it on your yeah. SOLs. You could do it on your Spotify playlist. <laughs> no, it's PSA to everyone, man. Start cleaning the mess, <laughs> the bitches up. Uh, you know, everyone knows the type of person who has just like oh I yeah, have like yeah. Spotify playlist. Yeah. I'll take your shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a new one. Nah, it's November 2021. I have a month. Shut up. <laughs> I'll take your shit. Shout out, Bellin, man. Sorry, got me going. Yeah, yeah like, um, she has this R&B playlist. And I found this one particular song called Gravity by um, nice. Brand Fires. Yo! Um, I just, Tyler, Tyler, that's Tyler's on there, too, right? Yeah, Tyler. I was like, yes, oh, I love the... I love the 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 melodic transitions, yes. oh, the sure. instrumentation. <laughs> it sounds like an electric guitar, but it sounds like an electric piano. It's so weird. Um, but I I really Very like that song. I've been like listening to it as soon as I turn on my headphones. <laughs> it's the first thing I listen to. Um, but yeah, it's that one specifically. And just as I I guess um, closing note is like sure. use yeah, be. Man. Be be fun, have fun with your music. Um, some music yes. I feel like can sometimes keep you trapped in your depressive episodes. I say like mm-hmm. I've noticed out of myself like damn this song. I don't know what it is of its structure, but it's keeping me in this dark spot. Let me try something new. You know, like let me let me listen to something new. Yeah, no, real quick on that. Like <clears throat> thought patterns, thought patterns tied to the music because the music reminds you of a memory when you listen I'm to that music in the past. So there's, there's that connection there that um, can be good and bad, um, or can be constructive and destructive, as you were kind of yeah. saying. So and and there's also like uh, particular influences on your moods, like certain certain um, chords, certain um, certain frequencies. I I was listening to this DJ and he was curating his his uh, his mixing show. And he's like I'm. Is like according to chakra and stuff like that. Like these frequencies help you for, for happiness and stuff. So wow. I will be playing these certain frequencies on my show. I was like, "Whoa, okay, yeah. nice." You know, I was like something new. So uh, yeah, just play with your music. Feel better with your music. Music is is a tool for for yeah. betterment of life. Yeah, this, <laughs> like this, this is such a tease to the listeners now because it's like I know we. Obviously, he was a, a, an audiophile and a, a budding DJ, so uh, <laughs> um, we'll definitely get to that next time. Can I ask um, one music theory question? Alex? Yes, as, yes, go, as, go, as, go. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Close so us out. Can create a thought here, but as you're saying, in terms of like, you know, music can kind of more, I'm sorry for oversimplification, but like music can kind of reinforce, you know, your emotive states and bring back old ones. All right, I'm thinking this term, you know, we've heard of like echo chambers, like how like, you know, social media sites like Twitter and Reddit can kind of, you know, Perpetuating, for- come on, bro. <laughs> Where's Q, bro? Who's Q? Um, like social media sites like that, like do are really like systematically designed to like give you what you already want to like what you already think to kind of reinforce your opinions. So like there was a study done, um, actually by McIntyre professors, which showed how like Whoa. yeah, I don't know why McIntyre professors are out here just studying social media. They have nothing else to do uh, <laughs> except you know not teachers' business. But um, yep. it showed like it was cool. It, it showed you know pretty much how Reddit led to like the bipolarization politically of you know, of certain users who became more left-leaning, more right-leaning after using the, you know, the app for three years, whatever. So I'm thinking from an audio perspective, is it too much to think about, you know, the effect, if there's a correlate, I'd love to see a study done to see the correlation of Spotify and, you know, the design of these streaming sites that make it so easy just to, I don't know if it's just me, but, and I know audio again, it's almost like, a, it's almost like a oxymoron because Spotify has, you know, the best algorithms, you know, they, they, want, to, they want you to discover music, it seems like, but I feel like, uh, this is why I'm about to do, guys. I always, you know, use Spotify more or less. I have the very, it's very easy for me to go back to the same music over and over again. So the term I'm thinking of is like audio, an audio chamber, where <laughs> you're just like trapped and there's so much out there. And that's why streaming is almost like maybe, you know, it's having the inverse effect as you would expect, right? There's so much out there. And of course, Spotify is great for finding old music. I love finding old music on Spotify, getting mm-hmm. into different types of bags. But that's maybe like 5% of my Spotify experience. I mean, like, you know, another 80% is me listening to the same shit over and over again. <laughs> And I can see now maybe how that it's the might, same you know, Drake album. 
CLB is growing. Bro. I'm not gonna get into this. We're not gonna do this now. We're not gonna just. They're not gonna squeeze in a CLB review for me. But all I'll say, and people are not gonna be surprised. I might. We'll get some hate on this. This is a Drake podcast. Everyone knows this. Drake we podcast. like. We, we like Drake. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Not sorry. We said this before. CLB's growing on me. I'm, a, I'm upset. God damn it. I'm, I'm Spotify upset, gives it to me every time I go in. It's sort of, I'm just gonna be a certified lover boy today. Every damn day, bro. It's ridiculous. It's October. Kenan, man. It's October a certified lover boy. Gonna shit in my hair, bro. But hey, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's like this. What is? Do you like streaming? Do you feel like as music, as a music lover, like is there good and bad? Is there maybe some things we don't we don't know about from a music theory perspective that makes streaming not as great? I don't know. Um, I'm not. So I'm not an audio engineer, and I'm not a sociologist. I love it when they shout out my engineer, bro. Shout out my engineer. (laughs) (laughs) But like, uh, based on like my personal experiences, I mean, there's your there's your pros and cons. Like, um, like even even Spotify, and also like I am an ex Spotify listener. I just recently transitioned to Apple Music. Whoa. Okay. We'll say that for the next episode. I'm thinking. (laughs) We can find our podcast on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. By the way, Mm -hmm. quick plug. I'm gonna mm-hmm. come back to Spotify because I miss playing music from my Roku TV, and a Roku TV doesn't have freaking Apple Music. So. Wow. Apple um, TV, ego, Apple ecosystem once again, but they lost one. They lost one. Um, they lost one. That's crazy. But yeah. But yeah, it, BMA. But yeah. Oh, sorry, <laughs> but yeah, since we're all but good. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like, um, nah. But yeah, so uh, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Highlight podcasting right here. You don't get this anywhere else, bro. That's um, this is Patreon content. It's, it's Patreon, mate. It's Patreon, but 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 yeah, mate. I just want to say, um, uh, thanks so much. And um, why do this, man? I don't know. I just for funsies. Like disrespect, um, man. <laughs> but we will definitely be bringing you back on, um, because I think again, you 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 have some great perspectives, and we didn't touch some subjects. Um, but yeah, can anything, anything else from from you, Kenan? Hey, just thank you so much, man, for just, this is kind of on a whim, you just sound as honest, <laughs> but I'm so happy that you did, because I learned a lot, and I hope other people will, you know, well, at least, you know, we don't pretend to educate people on this podcast, but every, anytime we can get someone else to, you know, you know, educate us and indirectly, you know, help other people out, that's always great, and I just really enjoyed the conversation, man. So as Alex said, a lot more, you know, there's things we didn't get to today, so love to have you back on for a segment or for an episode, get you, you know, get you some, some time again, but um, appreciate it, my guy, and uh, good luck down there. Uh, enjoy your fourth year, man, because it definitely does go, everyone says it goes quickly, it does, and I know, you know, you're in that spot now where it's not the same as it was pre-COVID, but hopefully, you know, you have enough of a resurgence in normal life where you get to, you know, enjoy more, not more than we did, because it's different, but, um, it's different. Just, you know, even though it's, you know, it's not going to be the same, think about how you only have so much time left and use that as a positive motivator yes. to I'll, enjoy I'll, it, not negative, positive motivator. Yes, I want to echo that, and I'll just say that don't stop to take a picture, just make sure you you remember, you know, you have that memory mm-hmm. of that, that night mm-hmm. out, that dinner, um, that date, whatever, just because oh, yeah. phone, phone needs first phone needs first sometimes phone can eat first but place. it's it's yeah. the memory it's the beautiful memory that you carry with you that yeah. you will yeah. reflect on months years from now and be like i'm glad i can remember that moment so um oh, again yeah. so i appreciate- catch you on your ig story taking some photos of <laughs> experiencing and remembering what to call yeah. you out for all listeners yeah, d- d- just no, reply yeah, just, <laughs> just reply I'm a, strong, yeah. I'm a strong believer about like yo like put your phone away for a little bit live in the moment and then take your picture if you can or whatever <laughs> thankfully i get frequent reminders of my phone that my storage is like full and like <laughs> you can't take it, picture re- remove some pictures so i have yeah. to go delete some bullshit random screenshot <laughs> um but yeah i mean thank you again for like inviting me and like keeping me in your loop it's always really nice to like reconnect and meet new people um so it was 100%. awesome to meet you canon and yes, it was so nice Adorable to see you again, Alex. <laughs> Look at him. Big little teddy bear out there. Yeah. Shout out to Belen for like putting me on yes. to new music. Shout out to Professor Ian Grandison from the architectural yes. uh, department. Um, he's been uh, my recent inspiration. Um, yes. So, yeah, and shout out to you guys and your awesome my project God. of echoing some 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 stories and just perspectives that's that's really like impactful and just for everybody and now with social media like connecting you from new york with cali and texas my home state is just tx baby we out here in texas that was crazy but no man appreciate it so much love so much respect and um for the listeners thanks for joining us for this beautiful conversation grazie guys and next time bye bye